welcome to Radical Being. We're winding down December as I record this show and having just passed the winter solstice, which at least on a sort of cosmic and celestial level is when the light begins to return. And in today's show, I'm talking about the invitation, the potential to be a light in the world. In a holistic view, we are all light and shadow, both. Like the yin and yang, two aspects of duality contained in wholeness. And it's a choice. It's also an evolutionary journey to embody the light as an inspiration for others, as a beacon in the seeming darkness. I've said for some years in my coaching practice, what if the purpose of life is simply to be the most radiant, luminous being you can be for no other purpose than simply being alive. The invitation there is essentially to be a light and touching on other shows in the past. What if the higher calling for humanity is to create beauty and goodness in the world? What might it mean to be a light, to embody your light and let it shine? Let's get radical. Welcome to another episode of Radical Being. It's December, at least when this episode is initially dropping, and we've we've passed the the hoopla of Christmas and the much more modest barely even noticed for most people, winter solstice, which is technically the beginning of winter, at least here in the, well, in either hemisphere, winter solstice is the beginning of winter. It's just a question of whether that winter solstice is in December or in June. Being December and being in the Northern hemisphere, the winter solstice has eclipsed and we are officially in winter and the winter solstice is my chosen winter holiday. I, I relate some of that in my book, which has recently launched. If you've tuned into any of the last couple of episodes, you know, there was a book about to be released and the last episode was launch week and the book is in the world. And in one of the later chapters, which is called winterscape, and I'm not venturing into the book today, other than passing themes, um, which I'll probably stitch into the next couple of episodes, themes that are in the book that are relevant to radical integrity and self-awareness and whatnot. But in that winterscape chapter, I share about my couple, almost a couple decades now, uh, tradition of choosing the winter solstice as my chosen winter holiday rather than Christmas. And I'll save the details there in the book if you're interested. But what the solstice has always marked is the, at least the winter solstice, the light returning. It's the longest night of the year, whichever month and whichever hemisphere you are in. And the shortest days. And after the solstice, the days grow incrementally longer until the spring equinox when they're equally matched day and night. And 
for years, I've I, that's worthy enough to celebrate, <laughs> even though we're just heading into what's technically winter. It's been getting darker and darker and darker, particularly if you live in the northern hemisphere. And celebrating the light has always seemed that's that's worthwhile. And so I thought, well, I'll do a show about the light returning, and it'll be well aligned for the end of December. And in that sort of mysterious way that life happens for me, the other day, I, I guess two days ago, I received a, a card, a thank you card from a podcast host. I was recently a guest on his show. It will, it will drop in January, I think. And he just sent me a lovely card saying, thanks for being a great guest. You're a beacon of light in the world. And I thought, A, it was classy to send me a card. And B, it's an extraordinary compliment. And particularly because that is essentially what I aspire to be, being a light in the world. And that's really where I would like to go in today's, in today's show, be the light. Because we all have that potential to be a light. I would say that, well, yeah, two things I'll come back to. You are the light already. But for some years, the, the, the initial years of my coaching program was focused kind of on two things. The early tagline was fusing vibrant health and soul, because that had been my own journey when everything shut down and I toppled into my mysterious healing crisis and whatnot, but that was the roots of what's now my coaching work. That journey back to health, fusing vibrant health and soul because they're not separate. And the other sort of focus, if you will, for the coaching program for a couple of years was alongside that, how do we embody vibrant wellness? the soul purpose. What is your soul purpose? And soul, the way I used that word back then, it's not much a word, not a word I use much anymore at all now, but the sort of the original blueprint, what are, what are you uniquely here to do? And even though that's not a lens that I look through particularly at all anymore, it's, I think it is still a very worthwhile lens to look, it's just simply not mine. What is it you are uniquely here to do? But at some point through sort of the mysterious evolution that is life, I, I found myself saying instead, or instead of any sort of focus on soul purpose, I found again, a, a worthy lens to look through and a worthy quest for life. What, why am I here? What is mine uniquely to bring to the world and offer? I would say that is what soul purpose is. But what if, there's one of those early paradigm shifting possibilities. I would say to clients, what if your sole purpose is simply to be the most radiant, luminous being you can be for no other purpose than simply being alive? What if? How do we embody that radiant, luminous or become that? Because most of us are very, <laughs> we're a good ways off the mark from being the most radiant luminous being that we can be in the world. This, what I was going to say earlier before I kind of how the tagline 
of my coaching had shifted to that radiant luminous. And that is the light. If you can embody that, when you embody that, you are a light in the world, certainly your most radiant, luminous self. And that's a journey. Picking up that thread, you are both. We all are light and shadow, at least in this three-dimensional realm of duality that we all inhabit. I always say, and I'm not going to go quantum in today's show, other than maybe just putting my little toe in the water. The, the 3D default reality that we are all living in, it's not the only one, it's just the default reality. It's what you're wired for. It's what your nervous system is wired for. And what I would say, it's it's a filter of separateness. Your senses tell you you are separate. You're separate from that person. You're separate from the teacup. You're separate from your lover. You're separate from God or the universe. That is simply a filter. And you can't be separate. And in that, you are light and darkness. In that sort of, I think of the classic Eastern symbol of the yin-yang, the two sort of entwined teardrop shapes, one's white and one's black, light and dark, masculine and feminine, the yin and the yang, the balance of the opposites. Duality, but contained in wholeness. And this, so light and shadow, I guess, a couple of shows back now, there's an episode called Shadow, Gift, and Service. And in that, I shared a three-stage model of human awareness, if you will, a model that it's been very useful for me in life. I still find it, I still find it useful. And those three, I don't necessarily like to think of as levels in any sort of hierarchical way. I, in my mind, I sort of envision them as more as concentric, encompassing spheres, the inner sphere, the smaller sphere where we start, sort of like rings of a tree that grow outward and each expansive, more expansive one contains all the others within it. That innermost seed, if you will, where we all begin is shadow. It's our base, most, most unevolved, undeveloped, uh, our survival instincts, the, the lowest kind of common denominator. It's, it's fear, it's it's envy and greed and scarcity and all those sort of quote lower human emotions and but that's where we all begin and the uh, i won't go back into sort of the, the the keywords and all that of those different stages but hopefully in the mysterious journey that's life we through choice or through mysterious intervention or forced evolution as i like to call it just life happening hopefully we begin to evolve from that shadow level, the victimhood level, to discovering the gift of our challenges. What's, what's the gift in this? And I'll refer you to that show, Shadow, Gift, and Service. And potentially, for at least some people, there's an evolution beyond that to that outermost sphere. As I, and this is just one model, take it or leave it. Everything's just a map of service. I offer the possibility in that show that what if the highest calling for humanity is to create goodness and beauty in the world, that level of service. 
And stitching back to today, I would say another word for that serve that level of level non level that that embodiment of service is light. When we reach that level of our development, we are light. we are embodying our light. we've chosen <laughs> or been forced through life. So, I mean, you can still resist, as I've talked about in numerous previous shows, the way we're all resisting our personal evolution, dragging and kicking our heels and, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth as we are gently or not so gently led along this path of personal evolution, get free of what limits us to that place of choosing to say yes to our higher nature, to create beauty and goodness in the world, to be a light. And as I have said in repeated shows, because this, in my view, is a show on self-awareness, some modicum of self-awareness is required to be a good human being in the world. That's absolutely my view. You must have some level of self-awareness. Otherwise, you're you don't have to look very far to see people who are just in shadow and victimhood and just sort of that lowest level common denominator of humanity. It's not very evolved in the level of self-awareness. And so choosing to say yes, things go much easier if you choose to say yes. It's still work, unfortunately. That, you know, that's <laughs> the less than heartening news that I'm re repeatedly sharing with clients. I, I wish I could tell you there was a shortcut. I wish I could tell you that this work of becoming that radiant, luminous being isn't work, but it feels that way most of the time. It's definitely, we all have so much to clear. We're all so entangled in our own belief matrix and limiting, limiting mentalities and quote wounds and, and, and stuck in ways that are, are sometimes baffling. This, and the choice to keep saying, yes, okay, right, right. Here's that pattern again that I get, I'm, in with my partner again, and boy, okay, I get to look at this again. What's the gift? And why, why do I keep doing this? What's the payoff here? That's, that is the work, my friends, the invitation to keep doing our work. Here's this thing that keeps repeating itself in my life. What do I, what do I need to learn from this? Or what's the gift from that? That's that evolution from victimhood to gift. And beyond that, the ongoing work to making the choice. I'm responsible for everything in my life. I say again and again in different contexts, everything is a choice. Might not feel, I mean, the exception may be of autonomic nervous systems and, and breathing, at least until our body finally is done doing what's going to do this round, if there's more than one round, that everything is a choice if simply how we choose to respond and perceive the situation. It is a choice for the most part, to say yes to this evolutionary journey, and even with all the work, to still choose. I'm going to choose to be a light in this situation rather than punitive or my shadow self, or you've hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back, or I'm just um, all the various patterns that hold us fast. So there's sort of two important things here, I think. Our patterns that hold us fast. Our patterns have gravity. They're very well-worn, whether that's in the neural net or just our energetic field, if that's a belief of yours, or just like well-worn ruts 
in the track or the road. They just carry us to the same destination over and over. And it takes awareness and a choice and an, and an effort to sort of get out of that rut and choose a different response, which is especially difficult when we're, we're triggered. And almost all those get triggered in relationship. And so relationship triggers them. And the catch is, and this is something I talk, talk on in the book too, um, because the theme of that book is conscious relationship. And early in the new year, I keep saying I'm going to do a show on conscious relationship, but it, it's, I think it's coming up in January. It feels close to arriving here. The theme of conscious relationship, choosing a different response which I was going to say something about breath and the way we shift those patterns and I'll save all that. But it is a choice how we're going to respond. A choice once we have some modicum of self-awareness. This is some, you know, who knows, it's just a number of statistics, but something like 90 something percent of our behavior comes from our subconscious. So. I'm thinking of the, there's plenty of new age platitudes. Well, not strictly new age, it could be religious as well, but particularly, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of new age platitudes. Like just, just be the light, just be the light, just be light and love, be peace in the world. And it, it sounds lovely and it is a choice. The challenge is that choice is two things coming from our higher neocortex, which some people just don't actually have access to, particularly if you have trauma. As a trained trauma therapist, I always want to give a nod to that, the role of trauma and the way that it literally hijacks the brain in some ways. If you have a massive trauma or PTSD, the brainstem, that lower oldest part of the brain, which really it is what governs our fight or flight response, that pretty much takes over the brain and you're just in activation mode, fight or flight. And if anybody who's really in PTSD has a tremendous difficult time, sometimes even just impossible, making a higher decision, because literally you don't have access to that higher neocortex of the brain. The brain stem is running it. And most people are somewhere in between sort of in the limbic brain and the, the four Fs of fear and fighting and feeding and We'll just spell it with an F, fornicating instead of the other F word. But that too is where most people are. And the choice to exemplify and embody a different behavior is the higher brain in action. And potentially that's the best of our humanness. Potentially that's one of the things that seemingly separates us from, in some people's view, lower organisms because they don't seemingly have where they clearly don't have that the ability of top-down organization of brain and behavior and cognitive discipline and function i'm going to make a higher choice here even though i'm feeling wounded i'm feeling like i'm going to retract and give you the silent treatment and i'm going to sting you back because i feel stung by you the taking a breath which is the key that breaks that circuit at least briefly and gives you that moment, I'm actually going to respond with kindness or more carefully chosen words, or just say nothing and take five deep breaths. It is a choice. It's a choice to be a light in the world. It doesn't happen automatically. Wouldn't that be nice? 
because we all simply have so much work to do. There's so much to clear. The tremendous <laughs> effort that's in years of working as a healer and medicine work and other paths that I have walked the, and my own journey, the tremendous compassion I have for the difficulty of getting out of our own way, getting disentangled from our own net, which is, as I've shared in other shows, essentially just our belief matrix. We are the ones causing our own suffering. We might see that differently in the shadow level. I'm a victim. It's not my fault. But actually, we're the ones creating our own suffering in about 99% of all instances there. So it's a choice. It's a choice to give up the things that are holding us back from or getting in the way of being that most radiant, luminous being that we could be in the world. We may have to choose to give up things that we know aren't good for us, that are a crutch or an addiction or our coping mechanisms. The ongoing invitation to let go of the things that really no longer serve our personal development or our highest good. Some years ago, right at the outset of that healing journey, and um, actually, I, I was on my way to the first ayahuasca ceremony that I've shared a little of that story in that episode, Madre Ayahuasca. And my intention going into that ceremony, and I was in the midst of my healing crisis. Okay, I'm ready and willing to die to whatever limits me from embodying my highest good and what I'm here to do in the world. Understanding, I, mean, I was already a sort of soul-based coach at that time, understanding I have definite patterns here, ones I've been trying to shift for much of my life since becoming aware of them and how they limit, that, that need to shift, that need to die so that something new can be born. A choice point. And then again and again, if only it were so easy, like, okay, I'm ready to let go of all those and poof, they're gone. Right. No, here it is again. Here it is again, that same situation with my partner or my family or my mode about work or my beliefs about reward and or goodness or any of this stuff that we're carrying around on all different levels. This ongoing <laughs> journey of self-awareness, hopefully. And yet that is back to the choice and maybe circling back around to the platitudes of just be light, just be love. It's not that easy for most people because back to 95% of your behavior is actually coming from your subconscious. So that you're just going to be light or you're just going to be love as a mental thought that goes out the window pretty quickly when you're triggered or if you haven't done your work. The invitation is to continue doing your work. The having been on a quote spiritual path for much of my life and knowing a lot of quote spiritual people actually wouldn't define myself as spiritual at all anymore that's a conversation for another time or i've actually touched on that in early shows the there is a tremendous tendency <laughs> for the quote spiritual path to just be a spiritual bypass people who are quote very spiritual oh yes i'm very spiritual and whatever whatever and here's my belief system around but they haven't done their work. Hence the spiritual bypass, right? I'm so spiritual. Well, actually you're not because <laughs> you're totally unaware of your stuff and that's why you're still stuck. 
And that is the invitation to do the work. And there's myriad ways to do that work. That's the invitation for all of us. Healing comes in many shapes and guises. And healing, really, that word is simply just evolution, an evolution of our awareness. The invitation to do our work. That is, that is life, if we choose to say yes to that. And you, you can look around the world and see that actually most people are not. And in that, we're stuck. We're stuck in our unhappiness and our dissatisfaction and a very long way from being the light. Right? There's a couple quotes that have think about just being the light and winter solstice and the light returning that have I've sort of carried around in my pocket for years, proverbial pocket. And one, the first, which may be Eleanor Roosevelt, but please don't quote me on that. Quote, source, quote, sources are very ambiguous and everything's attributed to everything on the internet, right? But I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt that a candle shines brightest in the darkness or a light shines bright, brightest in the darkness. And I, I do align with that. You can look at the world back to duality, however you wish. You can look around. It's very easy to look around the world and say, wow, there's a lot of darkness. And in that, certainly, a light shines brightest. If we do our ongoing work to become that radiant, luminous being and to develop the self-awareness to making choices that I'm going to actually choose here, yes, to embody the light in the situation, to choose the higher road, to choose the less punitive response, to be a better human in this, to embody kindness, to create beauty and goodness in the world. Certainly, that light shines brightly in the darkness, and it's needed there. But you can also look around the world and see there's tremendous light and tremendous beauty. Our perspective is everything. It determines your entire reality that you inhabit. I see both. I look around the world and say, yep, yeah, a lot of darkness, a lot of people stuck in darkness and tremendous beauty and light coming from unexpected sources, which is that second quote that I've back in my soul artist journal days, the blog that I wrote for five years weekly, somewhere back in that time, I came across a quote and I've looked for it and I've not found since and I've not found the original quote source, but I immediately latched on it and put it in a post around um, the winter solstice. Pretty much yearly, I would write a, a post about the winter solstice and the light returning and the origins of the solstice and whatnot, whatnot. And sort of as a almost a signature at the end of those posts would be this other quote that I still love, which is, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. A candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. And circling back to that shadow gift and service, that is how I see service in the world. That is how I see the invitation. You lose nothing by being a light in the world. And potentially, you inspire others. You illuminate a dark passage. You lose nothing. And potentially, you create more light in the world. That's certainly my imperative, my directive. And I lose nothing by doing so. 
the light returns. We are soon headed towards a, the collective agreement of another new year. I'm tempted in January to do a podcast on time and our collective agreement of, of time. So maybe that's a teaser post. Seems like a good way to start the proverbial new year, passage around the sun once more. I had a very quirky aunt years ago, birth aunt, um, who was only in my life for a short time. The She, she exited the world early, a, a troubled soul, a beautiful but troubled soul. But she used to say it around birthdays, but it, I think equally true as we approach the sort of beginning of the Western calendar year, here's to another trip around the sun. And here's the invitation in that ongoing journey around the sun to be the light, to be a beacon of light in the world, to become that most radiant, luminous being that I would say is already encoded within you the same way I do say this all the time to my clients, the same way the butterfly is coded within the caterpillar. It's simply the choices we make and the mysterious evolution that brings that forward. Enough. Thanks for tuning in. If my little shout out, if you're listening to this on the sort of standard podcast platforms, Radical Being is a video podcast and you can find this video show. Some of you are watching me say this right now on the video version on Spotify or the show's dedicated website, radicalbeingpodcast.com. And I keep usually the three most recent episodes, episodes on my personal website, riverfair.com. And you can rate and follow the show pretty much anywhere. You can sign up to get email notifications of each time a new episode drops, which is bi-weekly on Thursdays. Thanks for joining me. Another little adventure into self-awareness. Be well, happy holidays. Be radical and be the light.